0: Cajun, he lived by himself in the swamp. He hunted alligator for living. He just knock him in the head with a stump. The Louisiana law gon' get Amos, It ain't legal hunting alligator down in the swamp, boy. Now everybody blamed his old man for making him mean as a snake. When Amos Moses was a boy, his daddy would use him for alligator bait. Tie a rope around his waist and throw him in the swamp.
1: listening to the PCAST. Each week we take you around to Austin Peay, the Athletics Department, sometimes Clarksville, and occasionally the OVC to give you the full scope of what's unfolding around us. I am Colby Wilson. He is Dylan Schwartz, and we have a lot to talk about, so there's no point in standing on ceremony. Dylan, how are you?
2: I'm doing well.
1: Well, after a chalk opening weekend, last week was a bit of a wild one in the NCAA tournament. Do you have anybody left in your Final Four? I don't. I don't either. Yeah. Duke was my last great hope, and it uh, didn't go down.
2: This has to be my worst bracket since at least like 2012. It like It's
1: been a minute since I completely whiffed on the Final Four, yeah. I'll be honest. I don't think
2: I ever have. Like I think I've had at least one every single year, and I was holding hope because I, o- I was mentioning that I wasn't really picking a lot of the games right, but I had all my Final Four teams left going into Sweet 16, and they all bombed. So now I'm um, both sides of that. I'm just done.
1: You know, it's, it was weird how the opening weekend went so just across the board chalk, basically, to have last weekend turn out to what it was. I mean, there's a, I was kind of paying, half paying attention to SportsCenter last night, and BPI pegs it where it's like a 74% chance that we'll have a first-time national champion uh, come Tuesday. So, I mean, it's, uh, you've got Texas Tech, Auburn, Michigan State, and Virginia left over. It's a, uh, it's an eclectic and diverse little mix. Who you got?
2: Personally, I think based on uh, performances, I'm going with Texas Tech. To, really? r- to cut the net. I think that – I
1: actually was going to say the same thing.
2: <laughs>
1: so, congrats to <laughs> not Texas Tech. Then, yeah, we yeah, we're yeah, going to be terrible yeah, at this. But yeah.
2: Congratulations on making it. Your season's over. Yeah, now.
1: yeah. You're going to lose by 22 to Michigan State, and that's that's really all on us. Um Major League Baseball's opening week is now behind us. The pomp and circumstances done, and the 162 game slog has officially begun. Uh, your Red Sox are—they're—they're
2: they're not doing well. Struggling well, a little bit. Yeah. One in five, one four, something. with one so, or four, one in five. Yeah, not—not
1: um, a—not a great look. Not a great start. Right. But uh, you know, the that scrappy little team of do-gooders, maybe they day in <laughs> their 175 million dollar payroll will turn it around pretty soon. Closer to home last week on the baseball diamond, the good guys took two of three off Belmont to remain at the top of the OVC, tied with the Bruins at eight and four. No real point in mentioning the 11-3 loss in game one because that wasn't a whole lot of fun. So let's move to game two where the Govs reversed the score and put up all 11 of their runs before the Bruins even got on the board. David Martinez and Parker Phillips, both with a trio of hits, both homered, as did Bobby Head, and Jacques Pichu, whose name is going to come up a lot today. He struck out 11, because of course he did, went 8 innings to help out the bullpen, and because he was completely on cruise control. Didn't need any help, didn't require a whole lot. It was a very typical Jacques Pichu start to this point in the year. The rubber match was a bloodletting as well, with the Ghosts pounding the Bruins 14 2. Friend of the pod Brandon Vial cruised to the win, and freshman Garrett Spain collected four hits and was one of four Ghosts to drive in multiple runs. Uh, for kicks, Parker Phillips hit his 40th career home run, an astronomical number in collegiate baseball and a testament to what Parker's been able to do in really just three years here. You know, he redshirted his first year uh, and ever since then has been mashing baseballs at a record clip.
2: About 200 feet to the right, the softball team was also playing at home last weekend, playing Belmont and Tennessee State, starting with a series against Belmont. Game one against the Bruins featured Morgan Rackle, which meant that Belmont really didn't get an opportunity to hit the ball because it's Morgan Rackle and she's not going to give you a lot of runs or hits. Um, uh, Carly Matson hit... um, Drove in runs, and she homered in the second and sixth innings, and uh, she drove in four RBIs total in a nine one victory in game one. Uh, Belmont actually took an early 3-0 lead in the second game, but Rackle proving she's one of the best two-way players in the OVC and you know possibly the NCAA um, homered twice and then drove in another run to get the Goves on the board and Kelsey Gross threw four innings of one hit ball in relief to pick up her season's second win against Tennessee State. Rackle again prevailed in a 9-1 victory, only allowing one hit and striking out nine. And then Gross went the distance in game two and Matson hit, hit another home run as the Govs picked up a four-win weekend.
1: Gotta mention Kelsey Gross here because she has really turned it on this year and has a, as much attention as Rackler season and she really does get a lot of credit and deservedly so for her two-way prowess. Kelsey Gross has developed into a very reliable uh, pitcher for the Govs and is also hitting about 350. So good week for her, good week for the Govs. Uh, on the the Lynx, well, well, Lynx is, is that Scottish style? I think so. Yeah, I, I
2: guess it a, I think it's a colloquial term yeah, now. But. It,
1: it's probably not really Lynx, but whatever. The Govs took runner-up at the Wofford Invitational, the second runner-up for the men's golf team this spring. Chase Gordy and Austin Lancaster both posted top five finishes, with freshman Micah Nicely finishing just outside the top ten in 11th. Cordy fired back-to-back rounds in the 60s to open play, while Lancaster Cannon eagle on the par 4 at number 16 in round 2. Lancaster was particularly good on par 4s, leading the tournament with a 3.80 stroke average.
2: For the men's tennis team, they had a tough loss on the road last week against league-leading Jacksonville State, who now is the only unbeaten team in the LVC. Um, Fell 4-3. Um, they took the doubles point for the second straight match and, and were unable to, to finish in singles. But it's going to give the Govs confidence. Last year, their doubles wasn't nearly as good as it is this year. And if, if they can get, you know, one or two more breaks in singles, they'll be looking at, um, you know, a couple more wins heading into the, um, you know, uh, Latter stretch here of the OVC schedule. Uh, Almanta Sozelis and Timo Kieslich won their singles matches with Kieslich prevailing in a match that went three sets and two tiebreakers. It was a marathon match. Unfortunately, the, um, the outcome of the entire match already had already been decided, but it was good to see um, Kieslich still fight um, after uh, going down a set.
1: For women's golf, freshman Taylor Debman once again led the Govs at the Colonel Classic, aided by a final round move up the leaderboard from junior Megan Stamps. But the Govs were pushed down the leaderboard as a team on the final day by a big move on the part of Ball State. The Cardinals climbed five spots to push the Govs down into a tie for ninth. As the individual, Riley Cooper had a reason for optimism, carding a final round 78 bested only by Stamps on the final day and was the only Gov to improve her round-over-round round score for the weekend. She'll now get an opportunity in the lineup uh, this week as we move forward to the final regular season event for the women's golf program, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode.
2: And the women's tennis team also went down to Jacksonville State and was supposed to be the toughest test on paper for these Govs. The Austin P went in there 13-0 and won their OVC opener. Jacksonville State came in 9-2 and swept both of their matches in their OVC opening weekend. So they were 9-2, 2-0 in the conference. And the Govs absolutely again blew them out of the water. It was not even close. Uh, all six singles wins in straight sets. That's the ninth time in 14 matches that the Govs have won every single match, doubles or singles, without dropping a set. Uh Lady Anne Garcia has now moved back to the number two spot, but she only lost one game against <laughs> Jacksonville State. Her sister Claudia has moved up to the number one spot, is undefeated this year or this spring, excuse me, in the singles, uh, has a fourteen match overall winning streak in singles. thirteen, I mean I, I, thirteen win streak in dual singles match. I can just keep going on here if you want me to list the accomplishments of all this, but I mean, you
1: may as well because I, I don't know. Like I sit there and bang my head against the wall when I'm trying to write the script, trying to figure out, okay, what do we say about this team now?
2: Well Claudia now um, is fifth all-time in dual singles matches wins in a row uh, with 13. She's behind uh, Caroline Weichardt, who had 14, her sister Lydia, who had a 16-match win streak last season, and then former standout Vanya Tomic, who had streaks of 17 and 20. So it's easily plausible that Claudia could be approaching record territory. And a couple of players who are already near that territory are the uh, newcomer duo of junior transfer Tatiana Lopez and freshman Hanoka Nakanishi. They have moved up to the number one double spot recently. Um, they played number one and number two doubles, have won nine straight matches in a row, which is already the program record for ma- um, straight doubles matches won by a pairing. Um, card also has won nine um, doubles matches in a row, but she had two different partners. So their next win... Uh, well, assuming they win the next one. you're which
1: tongue-tying <laughs> me. Like, I'm trying to wrap my head. And you went over this with me yesterday, and I'm still trying to yeah. exactly figure
2: out where you are with it. Well, here's, I guess, maybe a layman summary. Claudio Garcia, 13 straight wins, fifth all-time in program history. And then Lopez and Nakanishi, with their next doubles win, will have the record... Individually, for most doubles matches one in a row, they already have the record for most doubles matches won in a row from a single pairing.
1: You don't have to know a lot about tennis to know that this team is really, 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 really good. Yeah. Track and field had quite a week last week. Half, half the squad in Gainesville for the Florida Relay, some less than rumored in Cape Girardeau for the Joey Haynes Invitational. Florida offers a bevy of relay options, and the Gov set records in the 4x800 and 4x100-meter hurdles relay, which I didn't know was a thing, and I'm kind of, I sort of regret that I've never seen something like that, because it seems impossible to pull off.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that that was a thing, because, like, surely when you have the hand off the baton, you're going to be jumping over a hurdle going, like, jogging, you know? I mean, I've watched people
1: faceplant in this event when they're just running. I can't imagine trying to have to pass off a baton and everything else. As individuals, Lennox Walker and Sabrina Richmond held their own against some of the nation's best on the track in Gainesville, while up north, Immaculate Kipligat won the 10,000-meter event in Cape Girardeau.
2: In the sand, the Govs split with North Alabama and Moorhead State last week across all four matches to consistency. The consistency was wins from uh, Jenna Panning and Haley Turner at the number two pairing, and then Mimi Arrington and Caroline Waite at the number five pairing. The um, straight sets the uh, whole way Against Morehead State, including a grinding 23-21, 23-21 win in the second match against uh, Morehead for Arrington and Wait, and then on Wednesday in a non-conference match, the Govs swept UT Martin. Panning and Turner again earning straight-set wins once again, and I'm, you know, they're they're pretty good at this sport. Um,
1: it's so weird to say a non-conference match against UT yeah, Martin. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, also, shout out to uh, Ginny, Ginny Garrick, and uh, Corey Tice, who also picked up a couple wins against UT Martin.
1: Yeah, that was a really good uh, performance yesterday against the Skyhawks, from what I can gather. Uh, the Govs are really starting to find their groove in this year's sport. As we get set to close out this segment, shout outs to Morgan Rackle for earning OVC Player of the Week. We're pretty familiar with her earning Pitcher of the Week. She's earned a couple of those this year, but last week, Rackle let her bat do the talking, hitting 462 with a 1231 slugging percentage and a 500 OBP. Clubbing three homers and a double among her six hits, she's now the third player in program history to earn pitcher and hitter of the week honors from the league, joining Lauren DeCastro and Natasha Anderson. And as ever, Jock Pichu, eight innings, 11 Ks, four hits and a run, all he allowed against Belmont, retired 12 straight at one point as Austin Peace staff takes its third straight pitcher of the week honor, second for Pichu in three weeks.
2: Also, catcher David Martinez of the baseball team was named to the Buster Posey Award watch list, which is given to the best catcher in Division One baseball. He's one of 79 players right now on that list. Um, he's batting a team-leading three uh, three eighty-seven average, which is third amongst uh, OVC hitters and tenth among other Division One catchers. And um, the pitching staff's ERA is second in the conference with Martinez as the primary catcher.
1: We told you that we'll be. Sp- Mentioning his name a lot this week And we will wrap it up and bring in Jacques Picchu As this week's guest Right after this
0: You went and took me My surprise Say what you want to say I won't go back If you want to hit the road Then let's go then Let's just go and see the world And just show them what it really means to live life golden. It will grow then, baby, it will go They're about to see us shine, just golden. They can never break us down 'cause we'll go, They're about to see us glow, just for golden. Yeah, golden.
1: In a league long defined by offense, what Jock Pichu's done this season is pretty remarkable. Through seven starts left, he has a 1.20 ERA and 57 strikeouts in 45 innings of work. And his baffled hitters not only from the OVC, but from Kentucky as well. But he's more than just a man on the mound, and we'll delve into that today, hopefully. Jock, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. So why baseball?
0: Um, well, I was a three and four sport guy in high school. Um, baseball, football, soccer, and I swam my freshman year. Um, and then I ended up giving up soccer my junior year um that's probably the sport i played the longest and i just felt like football and baseball had more opportunity for me um and then i ended up taking you know an offer to go play at East Mississippi and play two sports um and then after that it was you know not playing the position i wanted and kind of not falling in love so much with football anymore and i ended up getting hurt in baseball um and then I needed to make a move and not have to redshirt being ahead of my credits and stuff like that. So, you know, I was lucky enough to have a chance to come to Austin P. and, you know, haven't looked back since.
1: Talk a little bit about your career progression from high school through East Miss and now at Austin P. You've gotten progressively better every year it seems like,
0: but this year in particular it seems like you've made a leap. Why is that? Honestly, like I was thinking about it, um, it's very similar to my senior year in high school. Um, I was, you know, put up incredible, like incredible numbers, and uh, just it's kind of the same thing. And then once I went to East Mississippi, um, I wasn't really highly recruited. Went there, um, and kind of struggled as a freshman, just you know, getting you know, getting things rolling and everything, and just trying to get comfortable. And then once I got comfortable, I ended up getting hurt. And then um, got here, far away from home. You know, coming back from an injury, didn't really feel comfortable at all. Didn't really have a breaking ball anymore. Um, so I just had to be a competitor with, you know, not plus plus stuff. Good changeup, mm-hmm. but. Um, and then last year, you know, I felt like I saw some some spurts of what I used to be as a pitcher, and then now, you know, I just feel you know, competitive and, you know, comfortable with myself. And I feel like that's what's, you know, back to everybody sees it now. But, you know, it's the same thing I did in high school. It's just I go out there and I compete, and I just try and give my, ch- my team a chance to win every time I'm out there.
1: So, back up, you were basically running with your hands tied
0: behind your back your first year here because you didn't have anything breaking-wise? No, I just I had a change up and I was throwing a fastball that at times was 89 and was at times was also eighty two, eighty three, so You weren't bad your first year though.
1: You made it work with not your best stuff by your own admission and without the the pitch that you use right now that's really your your out pitch. Yeah. How did you make that
0: work? Um, just gotta be a competitor, you know. I the way I say it, it is just you gotta know you're better than the guy at the plate. And I mean he's he's going one against nine and that's the way you gotta you know Got to throw a lot of strikes and fill up his own. And that's one thing I've really gotten a lot better at. Um, My, you know, my freshman year, sophomore year, junior year has slowly gotten better. And this year, my senior year, you know, I'm like five to one strike-up-to-walk ratio. So, and that's really the big thing is a free baseball. What's it like to be a pitcher in a hitter's league like what the OVC is? I think you said it best It's being a pitcher. You can't be a thrower in this league. If you're a thrower in this league, guys will, you know, guys will tattoo 90 to 93 in this league. I mean, we saw it when we played against Vandy. We had guys just piecing up balls at 90 to 94 miles an hour. But you know, when you throw a guy that is just a, an actual competitor and a pitcher on the mound, you know, you don't have to have the best stuff. You know, guys like Casey Queener and um, Farmer from Jacksonville State and guys like that those are also pitchers They're guys that you know they go out there with three or four pitches and they compete and you know they don't throw over 92 i bet but you know they're righties that are having a lot of success as well location being a, a very key component location for me it's you know it's not about it's not about velo for me i'm i'm not a velocity guy i'm gonna come at you with really four pitches now and you know i'll top 88 89 and that's just my role. Let's talk a little bit about, about your work with football. You've been helping out in the weight room with them, right? Um, more so recruiting and just on, like on campus recruiting visits and stuff like that. How'd you get involved with that? Um, so, for my internship, I have to have it for my to finish my degree, and I've always been a football guy and love football and stuff like that. So, I originally had it set up with the former head coach Coach Healy and uh, Carter Crutchfield. Uh, the Football Ops guy, and when they, whenever they took off um, and left for Charlotte, I kind of was just left with my hands tied behind my back, waiting for you know a new opportunity and a new coach to come in and Once Coach Hud came in, um, I just kind of you know got, con- got connected with him and just asked, "Hey, you know I had this set up, you know would it be cool if I still do it?" And he was more than happy to you know help me out and so it's been great. I love those guys over there there they're awesome to work with and you know they've been really supportive of me and knowing you know hey he's not going to be here this day but you know and they always support me and you know
1: what have you seen as far as the new regime over there that you know we're we're still very soon into spring practice we haven't gotten to know coach Hudd and his new staff particularly well but i feel like you've got more of an insight than perhaps the general public
0: what can you tell us about him? I think they're just going to be competitive. I think with him coming in so late, he probably didn't get, you know, the best recruiting class he could have gotten this year. But I think there's a lot, you know, a lot more in store for the football team over there. They're slowly making strides, you know. And I think they're just going to pick up where Healy left, so.
1: how You have undergone a physical transformation since you got here. It seems like you've gotten in the weight room, uh, been smart about what you eat. Why is that important as you build your body
0: for a long season? for me it's the biggest thing I learned is i always I always i was always a guy in the weight room um I love to lift weights love to be in there, but you know really dieting and eating correctly was the biggest thing, especially in the off season when you can really it's tough to it's tough to be on the road and still get the right stuff in your body but during the off season when it's really easy to you know you have plenty of time on your hands you know always meal prep and stuff like that and that was a big component for me and uh, and my training and stuff like that. So
1: This season to this point I think has been defined by success not only for you but for your team as well. We're at the top of the OVC standings, <laughs> knocked off number one Vanderbilt. To
0: this point, what has been the key to that success? I think the easiest way to say it is guys knowing their roles. Um, you know, it's me knowing my role, other guys, you know, David Martinez and you know Garrett Spain and Parker Phillips and Garrett Kieber and all those guys knowing their roles as well like don't try and do too much for me as a starting pitcher it's get deep into the game make it easy on the bullpen give our team a chance to win guys like Parker Phillips it's provide offense you know be sound defensively for Marty control the pitching staff you know and he's having a great year offensively we didn't even expect that out of Marty but you know he hadn't really He hadn't really shown it in previous years, but you've seen glimpses where, you know, he gets on a hot streak. And now, you know, he's just – he's incredible this year. It's great to have him. I love him behind the plate.
1: Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your family and your personal life. Uh, I know it's not the most easy subject, but let's talk about your sister for a a second. Um, Losing her had to be the most difficult time in your life. How did you – I've heard you talk about it before, but explain how you
0: found the strength to move forward day by day. I think really um, the strength that she showed all the time. Like she was one of the people that, you know, she just – the way she did things, the way she went about things, she always made sure everybody else had a good time, everybody else, you know, was included, Everybody, you know, so – just the, str- the strength that she showed and, you know, caring for people and, you know, putting other people first was the thing that I guess when I lost her that I tried to do. Like, I tried to put my uh, issues to the side and help out my parents and my brother and stuff like that, so.
1: Your family, gr- as happens <coughs> with tragedy you talked about it some that you guys grew even closer together yeah. how do you how do you reconcile that strength that you guys have built and that unity and that bond with also having a big piece of the family unit that's no longer with you that's missing
0: i think you know it's a weird aspect of that but like she's kind of still there there's certain pieces you see, and you know you- f- you still feel it, so that's the easiest way to say it I guess um, emerging from tragedy does it
1: get easier, or when does it get easier, <clears throat> or are there just good days
0: and bad days um a lot more good days than bad uh, when it first happened, it was a roller coaster last year it was a roller coaster it was you know. I could be right before a game and just have a break down in an opposing team's locker room on the road, you know, just certain things you'd hear, you know, I hear a song on the radio and it reminds me of her. You're, you know, I, I see a quote, reminds me of her. Something like that, you know. Your teammates, your coaches, how did they rally around you? Um you know, they were great through the entire process, especially uh, Coach Jansen, you know. He, he was huge in that process. Um, he drove me home seven and a half hours.
1: Did, does it give you some appreciation for the locker room and the setting and some tranquility when things are tough that you have that place to go to where you've got – 30 guys that have your back.
0: I think that's the best part about it. Like, I have guys, you know, me and Garrett are roommates, but, you know, Dave Martinez, Andrew Flaherty, those guys. I mean, without those guys, like, it would have been tough. But, you know, and there's other guys as well. But just having those guys in the locker room just – always being by my side and, you know, caring for me and stuff like that. That was huge. Did
1: it make the opportunity that you got last summer to go to the Cape a little more special to, to put yourself up against some of the best college baseball players in the country?
0: Um, so, going to the Cape was a huge experience for me. It was kind of, in a sense, it was kind of a shock. Uh, I had gone home. Coach Jansen, well, before going home, Coach Jansen kind of was like, hey, you sure you don't want to go play summer ball? I was like, Coach, I threw 90 innings. I'm kind of, you know, kind of ready to take a break and, you know, come back be ready for the fall and ready to go. Um, And I said, you know, I played in Alaska last year. I was like, you know, if the Cape calls, like, that's one thing, but I don't want to just go throw innings to throw innings. And uh, so he said, all right, so – it was about midway through the summer, um, and I'd actually came back up to visit and just kind of hang out uh, for about a week or so. And he was like, "Hey, man, the Cape called." And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm like you want to do it?" And I was like, "Sure." I hadn't, you know, hadn't really thrown too much that summer. Um, I had really just started throwing again, and I was like, you know as long as it's in a reliever role that i can just go in and kind of throw a couple bullpen basically bullpens you know i was like i'd I'd love to so within the next two days i was on a flight to boston and then you know probably the first time taking a bus for like a two-hour trip like random just greyhound type bus um meeting a you know a random lady uh who picked me up from the bus stop and took me to the field one day and then meet my host family that night you know it was kind of a crazy wild experience of how fast your life can change I guess in 48 hours but I mean I went from being in Clarksville Tennessee to pitching uh for the Hyannis Harbor Hawks in less than 20 uh, less than 72 hours. How did you
1: how were you able to get up and compete after not really what was it mid-June at that point, you hadn't thrown anything live in um, six
0: weeks? I want to say it was probably the – it was, like, right after the 4th of the July week. Uh, so, even longer. Yeah, it was even longer. It was about six – I was probably – I hadn't thrown, really, for five or six weeks at all. And uh, I was kind of on my way back of throwing, and I was just like, i just want to go out there, compete, and, you know give it everything I got for 15 to 20 pitches each time because, um, you know, they just had me in a bullpen, you know, early early, early on my – I only had about five appearances, but early up there, you know, I was just pitching in a game that we're, we were up, up five, down five type game. and Just to get some work. Get some work and, you know, kind of get them kind of get a feel for me as well as me get a feel for being up there. And, you know, had some success and actually got a spot start uh, in the last – one of the last games of the year um just kind of letting all the bullpen guys get some work and it was really cool It was just a cool experience to have a start up there um but I loved being up there and it was just it was a totally new experience so you're
1: lefty hard thrower plus pitches competitor been to the cape uh, all that stuff signals kind of a recipe that MLB scouts and GMS may look at come June have you thought about that at all I have
0: um more last year than this year. Uh you know, rooming with Mike, you know, we that was probably the the healthiest competition, if it makes sense. Like we roomed together on the road. He was the Friday guy, I was a Saturday guy, him being a senior, me being a junior. We were both chasing each other in strikeouts, you know, both trying to throw, you know, better off speed stuff, stuff like that. You know, I actually, you know, helped Mike with his change up. He helped me with my breaking ball and, you know, that was just Mike's probably one of he's probably one of my best friends, but, you know, we always – he'd always tell me, dude, you know, my, my junior year I was so worried about, you know, once I got a couple letters, you know, and stuff like that, a couple questionnaires, he's like, I worried about it so much. He said, don't worry about it. And, you know, it's hard not to worry about it when you're putting up good numbers and you see yourself in the top of the – you know, towards the top of the conference last year and then this year it's just – I've kind of taken his advice and just kind of – went out there and just did my thing and you know if you're if you're one of the top pitchers you know statistics wise in the country then you know somebody's got to take a chance on you that's the way I see it like at the end of the day like somebody's going to take a chance on me hopefully and if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen it wasn't you know it wasn't God's plan but you know if it's if it's in the works then it'll happen and hopefully it's a southern league team so I can play back home at some point that'd be cool
1: all right so that's the easy stuff out of the way that i told you about let's get into some of the deeper things what is your favorite word depth here being a kind of a tongue in cheeks saying
0: that's a tough one um don't know i have a favorite word uh,
1: gosh. what's something you
0: say a lot um the guys will appreciate this one uh i abbreviate bullpen i say bully <laughs> that's and so they they kind of make fun of me i guess um i i abbreviate stuff like that i'm like i've never heard that one for bullpen yeah i always i'm just i call it a bully and they're like oh you got a bully today i'm like all right i get it like where'd you pick up that little thing? i don't really know i just i said it one day and it kind of stuck and guys started making fun of me immediately for it but you know you just have to kind of be your own person i guess and
1: <laughs> what's your least favorite
0: word <sighs> home run because i give <laughs> up <I'm, laughs> uh, i've given up too many of those uh in my career here, I'm close to, you know, 30.
1: That's not that bad. When you, <laughs> when you match it up with the strikeouts, you'll take it.
0: <laughs> who or what inspires you? Uh, my family, my sister especially. Um, you know, she's just, you know, she was the person who taught me to compete and taught me to, you know, being that we were so close in age, we're 27 months apart, so um, just, you know, her teaching me how to compete and how to grow, you know, and how to, how to accept, not necessarily accept losing, but, you know, we had an Easter egg hunt every year and I won one and we had it until I was 19. So yeah, that's not a very good ratio for you. I'm, 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 I was one in 18 and, uh, (laughs) Easter egg hunts probably something like that.
1: What was the last book you read for fun?
0: It wasn't necessarily for fun, but it was uh, Above the Line by um, Urban Meyer. I had to do it for a school project or something like that. I had to do it for a coaching class that I did, but I ended up falling in love with the book just because it wasn't one of those books that just carries on. It was one of those books that has a lot of stories in it and tells things like that. And then at the end of each chapter, it had, you know, just certain points in the book and so it made it really easy to go back and you know take points from that book and you know it's all about living above the line character wise what is your worst habit probably my obsession with Starburst minis I eat about two or three bags on the road each trip
1: you're only gone for four days
0: yeah I know you can ask Marty (laughs) <laughs> he, he he usually he he usually helps me out a little bit but yeah
1: what is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in
0: oh man hmm i don't really know well, that's good yeah i don't really know yeah, hey, if you don't have one, that's yeah, good. That's, that's a tough one. What is your idea of happiness? Um, happiness for me is just kind of waking up and appreciating life every day. Like, it sounds cliche, but you know, some people, you know, being so close to you know having someone lost in your family, like some people take it for granted. But you know, just waking up and enjoying every day and you know, Join the people you get to spend life with. What's your idea of misery? Um, hasn't happened in a long time, but not being able to throw a strike when you feel like you just just, just can't hit your spots at yeah, all. Yeah, you just can't hit your spots, or really like when you just are getting pieced up on the mound. It doesn't happen often, but it's happened. You know, it's happened before with every pitcher. That's you know,
1: what makes you self conscious.
0: Um. Hmm. It used to be my braces in high school because I had them until almost yeah until almost until I started college. Oh wow! I, really? Yeah, I had them until like two weeks before college started. So yeah, I was kind of. I had a late, I had them for like three years. So it was kind of something I had to deal with and had a lot of times where, like in soccer, I'd get an elbow to the face and my braces would get, my lips would get stuck in my braces. And oh. Yeah, that was some fun times, but that was probably the, I guess, the most self-conscious because it was like, I never wanted to smile because, like, you just had a mouthful of metal.
1: Yeah. What's yeah. What was the most embarrassing song that you love?
0: That would have to be, um, let me, let me look this one up really quick, because I don't want to get it wrong, but it's, it's a Mariah Carey song, it's a remix. Nice, we're on a good track with Embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the We Belong Together remix by Mariah Carey.
1: Yep. You had that one in the holster, that seems like something that you, you've you pondered before.
0: Uh, yeah, oh, I'm I'm big on you know seven and a half hour drive home, so you got to mix up the music a lot. And I I guess <laughs> you know I used to be the younger person in the car, so you know having my sister and stuff like that in the car usually you know her driving me to practice her games, it's her radio, so she got the she had the choice, and so we listened to a lot of Mariah Carey, Britney Spears, and there's a lot of old stuff, uh, Miley Cyrus, all that kind of stuff, so.
1: So you've got a pretty good background in pop music from oh, yeah. the last two decades. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for you. It's great. <laughs> yeah. How would you prefer to die?
0: I guess just old age, not knowing. Just kind of... In your sleep? Yeah.
1: If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Mm.
0: I'd like to come back as, like, I want to say a lion, but then, like, you're just, like, in the safari or whatever, just kind of chilling. So, like, I feel like they'd get lonely at a time, though. Don't they have uh, I mean, they have prides and stuff like that, but I feel like you're just chilling out there, and it's, like, I feel like your day would get old.
1: Well, then you go track down a gazelle and eat it, too.
0: Yeah, that'd be kind of cool, though.
1: What might prompt you to lie?
0: Um try not to hurt somebody's feelings. That's a popular one. What makes you hopeful? Uh knowing that, you know, God's got a plan regardless of what it is, you know. That's like, it's kind of sucky not knowing, you know, what God's plan is for you and, you know, but pray about it and be hopeful that you know his plan and your plan line up and if they don't then be at peace with it what's our purpose in life I think you know our purpose in life just as a human is to better lives around you know better lives around you and better you know for the lives to come but then also bring people to jesus and bring people to you know to know christ and i think that's like the biggest thing like it doesn't matter what you what you leave here on this earth because like or what you do on this earth because it's not you can't take it with you so i mean if you're if you are a believer in christ like then and you believe you believe the bible like all your riches are up there so
1: so your second half of your senior year now the ends in sight. What? What's next? What's your? I mean, obviously baseball as long as you can. But what? What are the the goals? The aspirations? Um,
0: I'd li- I'd like to you know follow that preseason pitcher of the year up with actually being the pitcher of the year. Um, but
1: if if you toss a one point two zero
0: ERA the rest of the way, I think you can lock that thing up. <laughs> uh, I hope I can. Um, you know, we still got a while to go. Roughly seven, or eight starts left. Hopefully, um, at least, and then hopefully more. But um, I just want to win. That's the biggest thing for me right now. Is just you know, I only get a chance to do it one time. You know, one time a week, and then, you know, I hope the other guys will do the same. You know, I'm kind of stuck out there on an island half the time. I'm just like anxious and want you know want it for everybody else. But um, just winning, and you know. I want to win a conference championship. Haven't been able to do it, you know, since my senior year in high school. which just kind of we were. Lots happened since then. Yeah, since then, I was on a team that should have been when I was at East Mississippi. We had a lot of talent. We just didn't go our way. Didn't, you know, a lot of guys, a couple guys go down with injury. A couple guys, you know, just didn't work out. Uh, and then since I've been here, I thought my first year we were, you know we were ready to go like we had all the starting pitching coming back we had plenty of bats you know <clears throat> we hit like 85 home runs as a team and then it was like we just fell off and then last year same thing you know we were in second place ready to go and we fell off towards the end beat Clemson and then we lost the last seven games so I don't want that taste in my mouth again that was that was probably the worst thing and coach Jansen was probably uh, you know, when he asked, you know, what makes you, you know, ready to go about this season, I was like, I lost my last three starts last year. Um, you know, pitched well at Clemson, had a career high you know, tied my career high in strikeouts or whatever. Um, you know, and then pitched okay in the tournament, but the one in between weather got the best of us and having four hours of delay and kinda sucked, you know. I was on a roll, fifty pitches through three and a third and you know, I was rolling. Lot of strikeouts already and get pulled and that was that was a tough one to swallow losing that one. But you know, because that would have changed where we were in the tournament. And so
1: well, you keep up this trajectory, I don't think you're gonna have to worry about it very much the rest of this year. Uh Jock Beachy man, thanks for coming in today. I really had
0: see us glow. We'll It will
1: Thanks to Jock Pichu for coming in. Uh, very candid, refreshing interview. Love that guy. Always rooting for him. A busy spring continues from Martin to Conway, South Carolina this week as the Govs compete 25 contests and 9 sports to be represented, 10 if you include the women's soccer spring work scheduled to go on this weekend as well.
2: And the big event in Clarksville will be the spring football game which kicks off at 11 a.m. Saturday at Fort Terra Stadium. There's the typical, and this word was in the script, Byzantine. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Well, because I've only seen that when talking about that historical empire. from, So I never knew it, it was a, a adjective in modern English. It,
1: it describes something that's out of the ordinary or away from the norm, which is what most spring game scoring yeah. systems devolve into.
2: And you can view that scoring system on letsgop.com, And, you know, but it's all here, and you can see what is going to be going on at Forterra Stadium with all of the, the spring practices up to this point. It's the first chance to really see what new head coach Mark Hudspeth and his staff have been up to since he took over in December. Uh, an alumni football game featuring APSU Hall of Famer Terrence Holt will kick things off. And speaking of kicking off, do so, do so to hold at your own peril. Tailgate Alley will also be open. It opens at 9 a.m. Local food trucks from Bench Clearing, Barbecue, Fat Boys Tacos, and Skyline Grill will also be on site. And inside the stadium, there will be giveaways courtesy of the Bookstore, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and more. So it's a you know very exciting time for, for Governor's Football to put on their first big event um, under Coach Husband, their first really open Display of, of football under Hudson, so and combined with all these other events going on, it, sh- should, be, it should make for a uh, wonderful Saturday.
1: Yeah, going to be a busy day over at Forterra for sure. On the Diamond, one of the league's best hitting units will face one of the league's best pitching staffs when Austin P. travels to EKU to take on the Colonels in a three game series. EKU hitting 292 with a league high 38 home runs as a team, Austin P. with a 463 staff ERA and a league high 255 strikeouts. Something will likely give, probably not Jacques Pichu and his league-leading 120 ERA. The Govs haven't taken a series in Richmond since 2013, the same year they beat the Colonels twice in an OVC tournament play for the league crown. The next midweek also becomes Tuesday against Evansville at Raymond C. Ham Park. The Purple Aces lost to Vanderbilt back on February 20th, so this should be a cakewalk for the Govs, who later took down then-number-one Vanderbilt.
2: As of yesterday softball was supposed to go play North Alabama and that game has been cancelled and you know th- there's something about playing North Alabama or it's gonna
1: get canceled it's gonna yeah. get
2: postponed and then we'll go and play I I read I think this game will not be made up yeah is is what the story said um, online at let's go which now means it leads into a pair of OVC series for the govs against Jacksonville State and Murray State, with the latter a rare midweek series classic against Jacksonville State. Um, they remain the class of the league. They're 23 and 8 overall, 7 and 1 in the OVC. The Gamecocks hit 305 as a team, but will face a Governor staff helmed by Rackle and boasting a nice little 2.85 ERA of its own. Um, unfortunately, history is not on the side of the Govs here. They've dropped 11 straight to the Gamecocks and have never won a series in Jacksonville, but. Any weekend is a good weekend to make a little history. Hopefully, they'll come back um, to Clarksville and Murray with a series winning against Jacksonville. And um, then Murray State visits Maynard Stadium at Holt Field on Tuesday for a 4 p.m. doubleheader. Uh, racers are pretty much the definition of a middle-of-the-road offensively and in the circle. We'll need to be mindful of Lily Goetz, who leads the league with a dozen doubles. Her, her lone hit in the last season doubleheader was a, a game-two homer. That was too little too late for the Govs, um, as they raced a four run deficit in an eventual or uh, er, too little too late for the Racers as the Govs erased a four run deficit in an eventual eight six win. And the Govs look for a program record fourth straight win against the Racers and their first ever home sweep of their arch rival. Speaking of
1: Murray, women's golf closes its regular season up north at the Jan Weaver Invitational, hosted by the racers at Miller Memorial Golf Course. Inclement weather shortened last season's event to 36 holes. Megan Stamps tied for fifth at 148, opening with a then career best 71 in the first 18 holes. Senior Taylor Goodley also posted a top 20 finish a year ago at this event. She's been in the top 20 all three times she's played this event in her Austin Peay career, topping out with an eighth place finish as a freshman.
2: The women's tennis team will play two now here at home in the OVC against Semo and UT Martin, beginning noon on Friday against the Redhawks. They're looking to run their record to an astonishing sixteen and zero this season. Semo um, has had a pretty decent year so far, eight and six overall, one to one in the OVC. Have some decent wins against teams like Missouri State, Creighton, Bradley, and Louisiana Tech. Um, Govs beat but none of them, are the Govs. Yeah, Govs beat both these teams last year. Um, and this was with Claudia Garcia still getting into form with that playing left-handed and <laughs> playing right-handed thing. Yeah. Um she actually lost to um her singles match at the re- uh, against the Red Hawks, but you know she was not 100%. Oh no, she yeah. lost playing with <laughs> her
1: non-dominant hand.
2: Um the Govs went on the road and won 4-3, but an interesting note here, the Govs have not beaten the Red Hawks in Clarksville since 2012. Mm-hmm. Even though they're 4 and 2 in the last 6 meetings. Those two losses have come at home. Um, And, you know, hopefully the Govs can can rebound and get their first win at home against the Red Hawks for for quite some time. UT Martin, on the other hand, on paper. Pretty bad. Yeah, probably not the same caliber as even Southeast Missouri. Um, Though they do return pretty much their entire roster that the Govs played twice last year, beat them both times 5 2 regular season, 4 1 in the OVC tournament. But both of those matches, the Skyhawks were the ones who took the doubles point. So if that happens again, you know, obviously the Govs have improved in doubles and singles. But winning the doubles point could inspire some confidence in the Skyhawk team. So it's important not to take them lightly as the bulk of their doubles and singles play will return.
1: Men's Golf Wraps, it's regular season early next week at the Ryman Hotels Intercollegiate, hosted by Lipscomb at Richland Golf Course. First time at this event for the Governors, but coming in on a high note after last week and looking to put together one more solid 54-hole 50, performance ahead of the OVC Championships. Friend of the pod, Chase Gordy, with one more quality performance would likely wrap up a second straight all-OVC season, and uh, there's more than a decent chance that Micah Nicely, with another, showing could re- another good showing, could really throw his name into the ring for OVC Freshman of the Year as well.
2: For men's tennis, only one match on the schedule. They're hosting Tennessee Tech, the defending OVC champions, on Sunday. They haven't defeated the Golden Eagles since the 2015 OVC tournament semifinals, but both are one and one in the league, and this should probably be the most evenly matched meeting between the two in a while. Tennessee Tech had um, a couple players leave, including. Probably one of the best players in OVC OVC history in Eduardo Mena, who was pretty much nationally ranked for his last two years and advanced to the quarterfinals of the All-American Championships last fall and Player of the Year. You know, a bunch of accolades. You know, over 100 singles wins. He's not there anymore. He's good. He's good. Um, He's on the coaching staff though, but he he's not playing. So (laughs) that's an advantage for the Gufs, I guess. But uh, Tennessee Tech, while you look at the record, it's about 5-12, 5 and 13. Only one and one in the OVC. Had a close 4-3 loss to Belmont, who were the Preseason OVC favorites, but a lot of these losses come against pretty good opposition. They took on Wake Forest twice, who were number one in the nation at the time they uh, played. Um, they have a freshman, Rafael Toceto, who was, as a freshman, only played fall, was the preseason number one player in the OVC. He was the only player to win a match against Wake Forest. Um so it, it, it looks like Amante Ozales and Tocero will have a, a battle at number one singles on Sunday. Um, Tennessee Tech has played teams like Tennessee. Um, they play Arkansas actually uh, tomorrow before um, coming to Clarksville on Sunday. So a lot of good opposition that, you know, they haven't gotten results again, but good, um, good experience and their record shouldn't be, you know, taken into account for that.
1: On the track, the Govs have one more meet before the annual home event with a two-day journey to Bowling Green for the Hilltopper Relays. Seventh year in a row, the Govs have visited Bowling Green and associate head coach Valerie Brown's alma mater. Bowling Green has long been one of the best meets for senior Savannah Amato. As a freshman, she broke the four-meter mark for the first time and ensured her first trip to the NCAA East Regional. Last year, she broke the school outdoor record here and also notched another advance to the NCAA Regional. Uh, two years ago on the track, Immaculate Kip will get one the 3,000 meter here. And after winning the 10K last week, she looks to keep it rolling on the track as well.
2: Rounding out a busy week, Beach Volleyball will face Coastal Carolina and Jacksonville State in Conway as part of Atlantic Sun Play. And I'm pretty sure that's the last weekend of Atlantic Sun Play for the Govs. I'm I believe sure. so, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they'll come back to Clarksville to host. Um, the UT Martin, but I think it's a little like Tennessee tournament they're hosting all the schools in Tennessee, I'm pretty sure. I believe so, so yeah. yeah. So, this, yeah, yeah, last regular season conference matches before the A Sun Beach Championships, and then the Guns will host the annual Beach Bash next week before hopefully departing um, to, uh, is it DeLand? DeLand Florida. DeLand, Florida. DeLand, Florida, yeah. So, busy week there for the beach volleyball team coming up after some good performances recently. Um, soccer team also. Getting in some, some spring work as as mentioned uh, at the top of this uh, segment. They're hosting a four team uh, tournament here uh, in at Morgan Brothers Soccer Field starting at noon as the Govs take on, I think it is UAB in the first game. And then they'll have a long period of rest as Murray State takes on both UAB and North Alabama and pretty much double headers before the Govs round off by taking on North Alabama uh, at approximately 5 p.m. So if, you, if you're if you around Austin Pete, it's a great. Um, great day to go out and see what Ni- Coach Naomi Kolarova and the Cubs have been up to this spring, and against some good quality opposition.
1: As always, Haley Jacoby is who you should see for community service opportunities. Mana Cafe, Buddy Ball, Burt Elementary, our usual stops. Plenty of weekly opportunities there uh april 6th coming up on saturday a couple things to note the big event the yearly campus service initiative it's the last time we'll bother you about this go out and make our campus beautiful also father daughter date night at the Wilma rudolph event center uh get in touch with haley if you want to help out with that and she will get you the details
2: the senior seminar workshop is set for april 10th from 6 to 8 p.m in the uc that is room 306 and professional dress is Required advising is now open for the summer and fall of 2019. If you don't meet, get to meet with your advisor, you won't get to register, which means you won't get in the classes and you won't be eligible to play. So, simple as that, get in touch but with
1: also. You probably won't graduate either. There's that, yeah, that, uh, yeah,
2: al- also that little prospect of not graduating. But um, either way, get in touch with your advisor and you know, get ready for your upcoming uh, s- semesters.
1: Speaking of getting in touch, uh, where can people go on social media to find (laughs) us?
2: (laughs) Let'sGoP.com is our official website of all things related to Governor's Athletics. We have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have Instagram at Let'sGoP, and all the team accounts have their respective Twitter handles that you can find us on. Uh, Taylor Wiseman and Tyler Davis getting a lot of content out on all those social media platforms as well.
1: Dylan, Cody Bush, Stefan Nolay, and myself over at com Dates, news, stories, and all manner of information about your favorite Austin P teams. You can find it all there.
2: And once again, don't have a lot of ticketing to do this week, but still, Sidney Hooper and Katie Locke, they have you covered, and they could really use the visitors at this point, I think. <laughs> I'm, just re- I'm just reading the script, so don't, don't get mad at me. I, I feel like they get <laughs> bored
1: when nothing's going on, and so somebody, you know, go, go, go visit them. Go, go, go show them a little love. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or directly on the website at letscopea.com slash podcast. Give us a rating and review on the podcast. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Or just find out how we do it all. Tweet at us. I'm at C Wilson 225 He's at Dylan Schwartz. And usually we close on a higher note, but Nipsey Hussle is swirling among the stars this week. So we'll let him take us away. Love yourself. Love each other. And we'll talk to you next week.
2: Goodbye. It's all I'm trying to do.
0: Hustle and motivate, choppers are throw away. Hustle the overweight, that's why they follow me, huh? They think I know the way, cause I took control of things. Ball in the solo way. And if you pattern my trend, i make you my protege. Slossing that soldier race. Don't know them days. Take you in back of the buildings. Make you expose your rage. Take you across the tracks. Make you explode the face. Now
2: you a fishing now But you got a soul to say I just been cooking that know